So on this episode of the Nerdbrand Podcast, this is a special episode. Um, I wish Jonathan were here, yeah. uh, but he's sick. Um, it finally happened when you live in a house that's small with two two toddlers and you know a wife, and they all kind of pass around whatever it is they got. Um, he eventually his immune system said, "I'm done now," and you know he's now all snotty and stuff. So. Um, but on this episode of the Nerd Brand Podcast, we're talking about brand of the bands. Um, so we have had this planned for, she's <laughs> like, what, four or five months? Mm-hmm. Well, longer than that, probably, but yeah, it's been around, it's been sitting on the shelf a while. Yeah, so on this episode, it's myself as your host, Jason Davis, the Nerd Brand Podcast. We have with us Nick Shepard, uh, Mitch Gregory, and Michaela Meek. Um, you will probably by now, if you're listening to this episode and several others before that, you're like, yeah, I know who y'all are. Um, but, and we love you. That's why we're still listening. (laughs) (laughs) So a podcast episode about eighties and nineties bands and their branding, um, specifically vinyl and cover art. And the, the, there's still a massive effort. I I watched something recently where it talked about Metallica. They still produce and stamp vinyl to the point where they got their own stamping plant yeah. to ship it and make it now. And vinyl's, well, it's been, I mean, it's not new, but vinyl kind of made a resurgence, I'm going to say, probably about 10 years ago. Um, because you've got people who swear up and down that the sound quality you get from vinyl is a warmer. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they may use other terms, but generally a warmer sound it also than what like, you get from uh, digital media. It's also a nostalgia thing. Like my mom, because, like, you know, they went away for a while because you had the A-track, you had um, oh, yeah. cassette tapes, like, you, you know, like the evolution of, of uh, sound. Why'd you say it like that? Like, you know. Talking about I, A-tracks. I, I mean, I know it. <laughs> Are you calling Mitch old? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Just to, just to set this up, I mean, because <laughs> what you've said kind of brings something to mind. Uh-huh. Vinyl was king. Yeah. Even when you had cassette tapes, even when you had the advent of cassette, even when you had the advent of eight track, you still had real people had reel to reel, you know, large like I don't know, maybe ten inch reels of tape and had players, and that's how they played the tape. That was a very high quality tape process. But vinyl was still king. Mm-hmm. When I was first coming up, when I took what we called commercial art, my junior and senior year of high school, which was basically graphic design for for advertising for all intents and purposes. I'd say half the kids I went to school with took that class because they wanted to do what they wanted to design album covers. Right. But think about it. You had a 12 inch by 12 inch canvas Mm -hmm. to work on. And at that time, like in the, in the, into the mid late seventies into the eighties, I mean, it was, you walk into a record store and you are bombarded with all of these really cool images. Think about the artists at the time. People like Meatloaf, Ario Speedwagon, um, Journey was 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 kicking in. Sticks, these what, what was called arena rock bands. And that, what that meant was you went and saw these bands. The joy of seeing these bands was in these huge venues. Large with a huge crowd. It was bombastic. It was big. It was a show. It was an event. Yeah. Part of that flavor was carried in their logos. When you think about Ario Speedwagon, Styx, Van Halen. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, and even carried into the 80s, Loverboy, um, uh, Def Leppard, Duran uh, Duran. And this crosses the whole genre of pop music at the time. 
those the, there was they were iconic their their album covers were iconic and their logos were iconic they were a badge yeah they were unique i mean i've got another imagine van halen looking like soundgarden you would just not you would just be like what this they their art and how they portrayed themselves as a both as a band i mean i of course van halen i bring that up because that's one of my favorites but it's also a band that went through three uh lead men, whatever. The, yeah. 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 So, I mean, you start with David Lee Roth and in the era of the hair and the tight pants and the, just the weirdness of all of that. And then you get to, you know, Hagar and it was, you know, some of that at the, at the beginning was toned down quite a bit, but then their sound changed, um, which we'll be talking on an upcoming episode of the Nerdbird podcast about, you know, this, you know, the five senses of the brand and how your brand sounds and recognizing it. Um, but because the one thing that stayed the same was this, this is Eddie Van Halen had a way of playing the guitar. You knew that riff, you knew who it was. Like when you hear Michael Jackson's uh, bad, or you hear like uh, from his thriller album, like that's, that's, that's Eddie Van Halen playing guitar. <laughs> um, you just kind of know by hearing it. So there was that, that they had, but they were good at like being chameleons a little bit with, you know, everything they did, including their art. I remember picking it up in the nineties and, you look at their nineties art and then you look at the seventies and it's just so, so different, but it was the one thing that always stayed the same was that badge that, that VH. And, and yeah, it, it, it evolved, like you said, it evolved between the, the Roth and the Hagar heirs, but it was still the VH. It almost, it almost gave you the impression of, of wings, mm-hmm. which wings were really big in rock logos back, back in the day. Aer- Aerosmith. Aer- Aer- Aerosmith had them. Yep, they still um, do. REO Speedwagon's logo was the REO, REO Speedwagon was actually a fire. It was a brand of fire engine. That's where they got the name. <laughs> so their badge looks like kind of an old style vehicle badge. And the badge logo you see on like on trucks, that's, that's where it came from. But it carries weight. It has movement. You know what I mean? And when you think about music, especially I think more so then than now, like going to the concert took you to all being there took you to a in your mind took you to a whole different place mm-hmm. it carried you away so to speak and and album covers did that the the music in your mind took you somewhere but that album cover really positioned it for you what what the flavor was i and again i go back to meat loaf's bad out of hell album yeah <clears throat> i mean you get sky it's it's a motorcycle bursting out of the ground and there's that you know, that, that, that bat figure, I mean, where's that mer- the motorcycle is the bat coming yeah. out of hell. And on that motorcycle is this stylized version of vi- image of meatloaf yeah. himself. It, it, it was just raw and powerful. And it, you just had said, I got to hear what's the on first that. thing. I, I got to hear what's first on time that. I heard it. I would do anything for yeah. love. And I was like, what? <laughs> It took me a while to get used to that sound. That song was stuck in my head recently. I mean, I, I mean, he won't do that. Back. I, I, I just don't know in the in the current era of what ran with music. You don't have album covers. Mm-mm. You don't you don't even buy a CD anymore. Okay, no, you don't have that same walk that same feeling you had when you walked into a record store, and you might have had a particular album you were looking for. But you still went through, and you were fingering through the. the well, it's it's just more rare. I mean, like I said, like Metallica still does what they do with that, and they got their own stamping plant. Taylor Swift still issues CDs and all that because she's very anti, you know, Spotify. And they have those uh, like thrift stores where they like. Yeah. There's one uh, I go all the time, Florida Flea. 
they have vinyls there. And I also love just going through my mom's vinyls. Yeah. Like you say that sentimental value of picking it up and you're like, I have to like, you're being drawn yep. just yeah. by the image to listen to well, it. Well, you know, they still do album covers. Cause if, if you go on mm-hmm. Apple music and you look up, for instance, Eminem, he has, he has, right. yeah, he has right. covers mm-hmm. that, that look very good. There's a preview image there. Right. It's, but there was something about, yes, I was the kind I of agree. guy, I was the kind of guy who would buy an album, put it on the record player and then lay on the floor you know, pull, and look on the album. It was an event. Well, and well, I'd pull up. It, it was an experience because you pull out the album, mm-hmm. you take the, you'd look over the cover, and it had basically had your song list and your track list and your producer credits and all that stuff. But then you took out the sleeve, and if you were lucky, it had the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And for example, with Boston, another huge seventies, eighties event arena band. There's a story of how that album came about, and it tells yeah. that story, and it just you get to know the music in a way that you just, in an intimate way that you just don't know. And I think you, the logos are part of that mechanism that carries that flavor. Well, the vinyl itself could be kind of associated to the brand. I mean, uh, was I don't think, was Elvis the only one that ever did? Because I got like two blue albums at home. No, Blue Hawaii. Yeah, so it's uh, the vinyl is blue. No, no, colored vinyl is very big. Yeah, still big. yeah. And, you know, he issued, like, a white one, yellow, blue, and uh, red. And, of course, there was a lot of blue ones because they just, that was the mass-produced one. But if you've got, like, yellow or white or any other colors, you're sitting on some gold. Oh, yeah. You got, that's money. Yeah, there's a yeah there's a definite, in the, in the, the colored vinyl thing, is definitely a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. You know, people will buy the, the rare, if, if for no other reason that it's rare, but also because it'll it'll go up in value. There's yeah. always you have that same kind of speculation in in buying vinyl that you have with buying comic books and 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 baseball cards. And it's kind of funny too with vinyl. It's like you got to look at like is it in stereo or is it mono? Like <laughs> yeah, mono goes way back though. <laughs> or, My mom had a bunch of uh, well, she had forty fives, and she had a bunch. She was a big Beatles fan, so she's got a bunch of forty five Beatle. Uh, ones and they're all mono, but my yeah, parents, my it won't parents say did not, they it won't didn't grow up with money, so they ain't worth anything. <laughs> but it won't say stereo, it'll just say high fidelity. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know what that means? Yeah. It means that the sound that's reproduced on that, what they're, what they're insinuating is that the sound that's produced on that vinyl is ultra close to the sound that was actually happening in that studio. You know, high, when, it, when I think about album cover, album art, you know, Nirvana, Mm-hmm. There, there's pops in my mind. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, ACDC, Metallica. Like, if I think if if when somebody says, "Hey, I'm I have a record I'm going to play," for some reason those images pop in my right. head. You can't say Van Halen without seeing the, the flying V logo. Is right. what I call it. Right. Yeah. Okay. When I say REO, I can't not see that. That oh, you say Aerosmith? I'm like, I see the name mm-hmm. Aerosmith in the, the wings. Yeah. I mean, you right, see yeah. that? I mean, you 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 see that? Never mind. Swimming album pool, cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dark Side of the Moon is another one where you just you don't see Pink. You never knew Pink Floyd for the logos as much as you knew Pink Floyd for the album covers. Right. Yeah. And all this music. I mean, there. This is coming back. Like Michaela, you listen to a lot of these. <laughs> I I have a very wide variety of music. Like I don't pinpoint. Like I don't know Van Halen down to like the T like you do, Mitch, and or him or, or anybody really. But like I do enjoy the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fun. The it, they too. just had they have fun, mm-hmm. and the music is fun. What, and, what, I'm sorry. Yeah, it just came out one of the coolest and cons- most consistent 
branded bands I remember. It was a band called Molly Hatchet. They were a, a what they called Southern Rock, which was Southern Rock was a genre that was basically spawned by, um, uh, um, oh crap, I just went completely blank again. Um, Derp. Did, uh, country? Derp. No, no, no. Uh, oh, God, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, I don't have the Jeopardy theme in here, no, and no, I don't uh, know if licensing <laughs> would let me play it anyway, but that's... Leonard Skinner. There we go. <laughs> I'll give you a pause so you can edit my... I had to take up airtime because everybody's like on the other end going like, we can't see anything. I don't know. <laughs> Southern rock was a genre of music spawned mm-hmm. by Leonard Skinner, hmm. which was basically rock and roll that went, not rockabilly, like Stray Cats, for example. Mm-hmm. But it's still Billy. I never heard that it, one. It was it was as a little bit more like it had just a just a dash of country twang to it. Because it, it was something. It was these were bands that originated below the Mason Dixon line. Molly Hatchet, uh, Leonard Skinner came from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Molly Hatchet came out of Florida. But their logo was was very. Um, it 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 heart the logo the the the. the the logotype kind of harkened back to a legendary, had kind of a legendary feel to it. And they adopted Frank Frazetta artwork for all of their album covers. So they were the only band that did that. They had one artist that did all their album covers. And basically, I mean, originally Frazetta did it just for work, but for other things, but they used his artwork for the album covers. But that was the most consistent branding hmm. visually for a band that I can recall because every album was... A Frankfurt, you knew what you were getting. Mm-hmm. That's what that spoke to. Whenever you picked up a Molly Hatchet album, you you could just tell by looking at it, I know what I'm going to get because it was consistent every time. Great music too, if you like good old classic and guitar, you know, Southern rock guitar. I feel bad because we haven't mentioned this band, Guns N' Roses. I just want to say oh, yeah. Guns N' Roses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's it. I, and, and again, <laughs> I didn't want to feel have them feel left out of because I know they listen on a regular basis. What's inter- what's inter- that's that's another band that I think is interesting because you don't remember. I don't, a logo doesn't come to mind, but album covers come to mind. Right. Yeah. That or Slash. I just see Slash in his top hat and that and that gold less yep. gold top less Paul or uh, sunburst less Paul. There's a less. there's a funny photo online where this lady she's uh probably in her mid sixties or something and she's like got a Slash T shirt on like I love Slash and she's on vacation taking a picture and behind her is Slash. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know it yet. You know, that's really interesting. Again, thing that about, happens all the time though. You think about you think about branding, you think a lot of bands that are successful and sometimes the first person that comes to mind in that band will be the lead singer. Mm-hmm. Right. Um I mean you think about it, I mean I think Bri- Bruce Springsteen cuz like he's always on the album cover. Like his name is first. Well, in well the it's band yeah, too. and the E Street Band. E Street Band. Um, right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, E Street Band was not Prominent. It was always him and his name, and then yeah, that. and he well, was always on the album well, cover. Well, and with Van Halen, it's not David Lee Roth. Isn't you think of Eddie? Um, there were different iterations of their logo, but their standard logo has pretty much well, always been the same. But you say Van, you say Queen, you think Freddie Mercury? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he. Well, you I actually, not. I, I don't. I think of the Highlander. <laughs> well, yeah. There's that. There's. But see, that's interesting. That's interesting because they were a huge band before yeah. before Heinler came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. But that that positioned them in the mind of a whole other audience of a whole other generation. There's that sound. I mean, that entire soundtrack was the the album, except for one song, which was their cover of Saturday Night. 
that did not that happened. There was a uh, in the movie. There was a scene on the bridge where they're driving and they're, that's playing. Oh, New York, New York. Yeah, New York, New York. Is that what it was? Yeah, was New, it York, New York, New York, New York. New York. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they covered it, but it did not go on the album. That was the one they did. I'm betting that's a licensing thing. Probably. Who did the original Saturday? I'm thinking of the right one, right? S A T. No, that's a different song. Oh, okay, no, yeah. that's the, that's the Bay City Rollers. Yeah, oh, I was yes, thinking like one. for me, I was thinking like Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Nope. You know, it was New York, New York. Dun 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 dun. Dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was Frank Sinatra start spreading the news. Yeah, yeah. I would anyway. figure maybe that it could be that, uh, but I just know that that was the one that didn't make it that come out of the movie. But I mean, everything about that movie I loved, and, and a lot of that is because that soundtrack made that movie yeah. work. Yeah, the album's the, the soundtrack is amazing. That was yeah. that was that was Queen working along with not George Marauder. I don't think it's another famous com- movie composer, and I. I'll, I'll look it up, and, but I can't remember his name. But yeah, it was it was a it was a great blend of the two of them working together to, to develop yeah. that soundtrack, yeah. using great material that already exists to tell that story. You can't mm-hmm. not watch the first <clears throat> Guardians movie where he goes into the temple. Oh yeah, and not hear that riff. You know, you just can't. Mm-hmm. I mean that 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 was so well done and such a good pick. And again, yes, being the DC guy with Batman, when you see him on the bike or what's going on, you just I hear. Nirvana. I hear it. You know, that slow draw, that build. And I'm just like, Damn. see, that doesn't stick with me as much as the original, again, because I, I like the first one so much. Danny Elfman's soundtrack from the first movie is just so signature. Yeah. Well, I mean, a it's, lot of it's them like, are like super. But he does, he is in a lot of he, his music. Oh, yeah. And a lot of things. Like Whitney, my, my girlfriend, she loves him. And she's like, Hey, do you know who did the music in this one? And she knows like every movie. And he was yeah. and he came from a, a a big '80s kind of yeah pop band called Oinkle Boingo. And his sounds no, his that. sound is like yeah. that. The thing that I like about the Superman stuff, uh, with the exception, I didn't I really wasn't, wasn't really a fan of Hans Zimmer's Superman track. I mean, I, it, it's got that. Well, you got to go back to John Williams' original stuff. Yeah, from the first I like Superman. John Williams because John Williams, you can like. Even even the animated series like Superman, this is sort of on a tangent, but you know you can sing Superman like you know you can go Superman, it's Superman, it's Superman, it's Superman, it's Superman, it's Superman, and then you get to Hans Zimmer and it's like it's okay. It's a, well, it's also it's a different era of it's a different era of composer too. There's listeners right now that just heard that and went like, "Yeah, they went really deep into the nerd cave on that." <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, yeah, that's and what we do. You know what? You know, you were talking about you know bands, and we were talking about consistency. You're talking about the unfortunate nature of having to start thinking of it as a product mm-hmm. in a business. It's because you develop a fan base because they liked a certain way you did it. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing. Music is one of those things that you hear it, but as time goes on, you hear that song. It still takes you back to the first time you heard it, oh, yeah. or where you were when you heard it, or you, what was happening you in your watch life. People reacting to the new Flash movie with Michael Keaton in it and him showing up, and people just absolutely tear. Well, it's it's, it's, it's yeah, just, it's, you know the emotion it, that comes out. It's yeah. very similar. So that's why bands have to be really careful when they decide. You know what? We want to do something different creatively. Mm-hmm. And I understand that as a as a you know as a creative person, I understand that not wanting to do the same thing over and over again. But folks, music is one of those things where people like they latched onto you because they liked what you were doing and 
that product you were putting out at that time. Mm-hmm. If you just jump out there and do something completely different, number one, it's may not appeal to those people anymore because it's so different. Yeah. And this works, by the way, for businesses and marketing and advertising, you know, some I, I've talked with people before, like, well, we did this and it worked really well, but then we switched to something else. And then I'm like, well, why did you switch if it was working? Well, let's be honest. No, no, nobody is going to fall out of love with their favorite musician or band because they changed their logo. But you'll note, if you look at, at the progression of a band's or musician's catalog, usually that change in logo coincides with some kind of change in creative direction or in some, some fashion, some change with the band. Mm-hmm. And that isn't always perceived as good. Yeah. So you got to be really, really careful. And on that note, next episode of the Nerd Brand Podcast, we're talking the five senses of the brand. We're kicking off a five-part series. And the first one we're going to do is, how does your brand taste? Oh, yeah. Nom, nom, nom. Just in time for lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nerd Brand Podcast, and we'll see you next week. We want to thank our listeners to this episode of the Nerd Brand Podcast. You can check out this episode and future ones at nerdbrandagency.com slash podcast or head Apple Podcasts or Spotify app and search for Nerd Brand and download and subscribe. We'll see you next week. And remember, keep your nerd brand strong.